Welcome to the Aiden Mari podcast and thank you for listening. This is a podcast where we like to explore faith, the Bible, and trying to better follow Jesus. This podcast is a collection of sermons, interviews, and also me just rambling about different things about Christianity or what's on my mind or conversations we're having. We're trying to upload weekly, so hopefully that happens. So I hope you enjoy and let's get on with this week's episode. So when I was growing up uh, back in church, um, during small group, uh, we kind of met together and everything, and we got to grow closer. And um, eventually a guy was going to our small group who just became a Christian, and so he was growing. And uh, (laughs) he eventually got a girlfriend. And so what happened with that is we were kind of like, I don't know if she's good for you. Not because she was bad. Like, she was a great girl. Everybody liked her. Um, But she just wasn't a Christian. And so as him being a new Christian, we didn't know if that was really what was best for him. Um, But he assured us, no, 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 it's good. Uh, (laughs) I've got it under control. Uh, Don't you guys worry. And as time went on, we began to see him less and less and less. And he started not really coming to small group as often and started really not coming to church. And we didn't really see him at school anymore. And we started to hear rumors about him. We were kind of worried. And a few months passed and eventually he came back to the small group and said, hey, me and that girl broke up. And he asked for forgiveness for kind of ditching us and whatever. And of course we forgave him. Um, but I think that, that that goes to show something that sometimes um, when we try and, and partner and link ourselves so closely with people who don't believe what we believe, it's, it's easy to separate yourself, to compromise the things that used to be important to you. And it's easy to slip up when you don't have like close friends um, and the people who are around you who are close to you don't don't value what you do. It's easy to slip. And and if our relationships that we have don't don't have hearts for Jesus, it, it can take a toll for us because divided hearts lead to divided lives. And so, in youth, when I was talking about this, we read from Second Corinthians six, where Paul's writing to the church of Corinth. Um, this is actually his third letter, probably not his second. We don't know what happened to the first letter. So first Corinthians isn't actually the first letter of, uh, of Paul's to the Corinthian church, but, but this is kind of him. They've kind of fixed some things, but he's trying to encourage them to keep following Jesus. And so the verse and second Corinthians six, starting in verse 13, uh, 14 says this, don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And so when I was growing up in church, we read from a more literal translation than that, which uh, says, don't be unequally yoked, uh, which which is an ancient kind of thing that we've lost in Canada because we don't really have yolks, if I say that. Like, when I was a kid, I thought it meant, like, an egg yolk. And now if I say that, some guys might be thinking of lifting weights in the gym because, say, yoking is apparently lifting weights. That's what I'm told. Um, but actually what it's talking about is this, like, wooden bar that that unites two animals together in a wagon and so or a plow. But what you would do is you would attach, like, two bulls together, 
and they would you would hook it up to whatever you you needed done, whether you wanted to go somewhere or plow your field, and then the bulls would lead you where you need to go. And so what Paul's saying here is that for us to unite ourselves, not that having non-Christian friends is bad, but to us to unite ourselves in a dating relationship or in a marriage with someone who doesn't believe what we believe, or our only close friends are, are people who don't believe what we believe or value what we value. It's kind of like bringing together under the yoke a donkey and a bull. And the thing is, a donkey is a lot weaker than a bull. So what will actually happen is the donkey and the bull, if they're yoked together, will just kind of spin in circles. They won't really get anywhere. It'll just keep kind of going in circles. And so it's like that when we're dating or in our close friendship circles with our non-believing friends. It's easy for us to just get spinning in circles. So non-Christian friends are great. They're good. You need them in your life. You need to be reaching people, building relationships with people to share with them the gospel. And also just because it's healthy to keep you grounded. But but they shouldn't be your only friends. And I've seen it throughout my life where, where lots of people, when it's their only friends, it's so easy to slip up and fall away and not actually do what Christ commanded. Um, so some of us have heard are like, oh man, I can't stop swearing, it just comes out. Um, my joking, I know it's inappropriate, but it just happens, man. Um, I can't stop lying, I can't stop lusting. And I think well, maybe you should take a step back and look at look at who you're hanging out with. Who are the people you spend most of your time with? Are they people who leave you spinning in circles? Are they people who are doing the same things that you're struggling with? Because it might be that you struggle with that because you're hanging around a group of people who that's what they do. And the thing about that is if, if you're by yourself in that, it's it's easy for you to just kind of slip up and fall back. Let's continue, though, with that passage, uh, 2 Corinthians 6, starting at verse 16 now. And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God, as God said. I will live in them, and I will walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. Therefore, come out from among unbelievers and separate yourselves from them, says the Lord. Don't touch their filthy things, and I will come to you. And I will be your father, and you will be my sons and my daughters. So sometimes Paul's saying we need to distance ourselves from certain people to grow closer to to God and grow closer to others. Sometimes we need to make space so that we can have space to bring other people in. So when I was growing up, I uh, played football, and I was actually pretty good at it, starting line um, on a championship team. But... I started to realize that as I hung around these guys more and more, because we had practice three times a week and then a game, so I couldn't go to youth, I couldn't go to church, because I was just so busy, I started to realize that, oh, like these guys swear a lot, and now I'm swearing a lot, and these guys treat women like objects, and I'm treating women like objects. These guys just don't value what I value, and it's rubbing off on me. Like It's hard for me to to do what I need to do <laughs> when I'm constantly around these guys all the time. So eventually I realized, look, I got to make some space from these guys so I can make make a space for good Christian friends who can help me out and support me. And so when I talked about this at youth, I got a leader to come up and I got them to stand up on a table. And I told them, try and pull me up onto the table. And they, they couldn't do it. 
as hard as I tried. And I was like, okay, now I'm going to try and pull you down. It was super easy. I just yanked him down. And then the whole point of that was sometimes you need to let go. You need to stop having that connection so that you don't get pulled down from where you're at. Because it's way harder to pull to pull someone up than it is to be pulled down. And even in that, I said, if we had two people on the table and I was on the ground trying to pull them down, it would be really hard for me to pull them down now that there's two of them. So maybe you need to make some space at your table to let in some Christian friends who are willing to support you and help you grow. Bring them onto your table. And then you can help each other not get pulled down by the things of this world, not get pulled down by lust or lying or greed or money or fame. You can stay strong and focused on God. Sometimes we need to create a little space so that we can let others in. Distance isn't always a bad thing. Um, In our culture, it's easy for us to think that distance is bad and to avoid distancing yourself from others. But distance isn't always a bad thing. In fact, it can be a good thing if used correctly. And so I think sometimes we need to create just a little bit of distance if we're struggling with these things. And if we're realizing this, if we look around and go, whoa, I've got no close Christian friends who were supporting each other. I don't have that. And so maybe, hey, distance yourself from a couple of the the friends who are leading you into these things so you can make some space for some new, new friendships, new relationships to grow. But let's continue with this passage. Um, We're going to go now to 2 Corinthians 7. We're going to start at verse 1. And it says, Because we have these promises, dear friends, let us cleanse ourselves from everything that can defile our body or our spirit. And let us work toward complete holiness because we fear God. So because we're Christians, God lives inside us. The Bible says that when... Uh, someone comes to believe in Christ and, and give their lives to him the blood of Christ washes over that person Christ paid for their paid for their sin that's why we celebrate Good Friday this Friday when Jesus died on the cross and Easter when Jesus rose again because that was when Jesus paid for our sin and our mistakes and he and he cleansed cleansed the temple and what I mean by that is in the Old Testament um, they would kill a sheep or a lamb or an animal and they would sprinkle its blood around the temple to kind of cleanse it for Israel's sins. That, that's what God commanded. And so when Jesus died, he cleansed us. He cleansed us with his blood. And God says multiple times in the Old Testament, he doesn't need a building to be at. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't confine himself to a building. And so when Jesus died, he said that we are the new temple, that, that the people of God is where God's spirit is. So now the Holy Spirit, when we become a Christian, enters into, into the believer and they are now the temple of God. And so church isn't a building, it's actually a people. And so Paul is saying, you need to live like God lives in you. You need to live as if Jesus was beside you everywhere you went. Um, when I was growing up, I started dating this girl and everyone told me she was bad news. And I kind of ignored it and went, no, 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 I'm going to help lead her to Christ better by dating her, <laughs> you know, typical teenage boy stuff. Um, but w- what I found happened was she led me down paths I wasn't ready to go. Um, I started doing things that I wouldn't have done before. I kind of got trapped in this stuff. What would happen is I would go to church and I would act completely different because I was in church. I thought to myself, I'm in, I'm in God's house. I've got to act different. Then I'd leave, and I'd be a completely different person. I would do things I would never do there. And eventually I realized, whoa, 
like the Bible says that I'm the temple. God lives in me. So why why am I acting acting different? Acting like like I'm I'm not <laughs> I don't have the Holy Spirit in me when I when I leave the church. And eventually I realized, okay, I need I need to cleanse cleanse the temple. I need to cleanse myself. I need I need to break off some of these things. And so I had to break off that relationship with that girl because I was like, this just isn't God honoring. This isn't a God honoring relationship. This isn't what I want. Um, this isn't what God wants. We don't agree on things and we definitely don't agree on morals. We're very different. And what God calls me to is not what you want to do. So we need to break it off. And so I realized though, that when we sin, when we when we do things that God doesn't want, we're actually putting Jesus through that in a way. Um, the Bible talks about how it grieves the Holy Spirit when we sin, how it makes him want to throw up because it makes him sick when we sin because he's living in us. And Jesus prayed a high price so that he could live with us. So So maybe we need to start living like we're worth something. Maybe we need to start living like there's a cost for us so easy to sell yourself away to to everything that appears before you and and so maybe we need to just start realizing hey i'm already bought and paid for the holy spirit's in me i don't want to take him through these things because i love him and i also want to glorify him because i am the temple I, sh- I shouldn't be doing these things and so maybe we need to start living like we are the temple, like like God lives in us. This sermon this week, I listened to a sermon where someone talked about Jesus cleansing the temple. Where Jesus goes in there, you might have heard the story, and he kind of like gets mad at the money traders who are offering crappy sacrifices to people to sacrifice for their sins and charging them a ton of money for it. And so Jesus sees this and gets angry and flips their tables, and he actually makes a whip. And starts whipping the tables too and getting all the sheep and the animals out of there. And he says that you have turned my father's house into a den of thieves. And his pastor I was listening to said something I never thought of. Where he said, now that we are the temple, maybe Jesus is coming into our lives, flipping our tables, making a whip and whipping out the things that don't belong in his temple that we've taken his house and turned it into a den of thieves or a den of lust or a den of pride, that maybe we need to start allowing Jesus to flip tables in our lives. Maybe we need to create a space where we can let Jesus come in and flip tables in our lives so that we can glorify him. And one of the best ways to do that is to surround yourself with a Christian community who can help build you up instead of pull you down, who can lead you down the path God's calling you to. And you can help you not spin in circles by coming alongside you and working together to head on the path God has for you. Divided hearts lead to divided lives. So three takeaway questions. Um, I think first, are you spinning in circles with someone? Think about it. Is there someone in your life you're like, yeah, when I'm around that person, I, I don't. Do what God wants me to do. Second question. Do you maybe need to create some distance so you can allow a space for new relationships to come in? Do you need to maybe talk to that person at church today and say, hey, let's go out for a cup of coffee? 
Do you need to maybe call up that friend from high school and say, hey, I've been struggling. Can you hold me accountable? Or do you need to just spend time in a small group, in a group of believers, and and wrestle with the things of God and talk about them with people? Thirdly, are you living like you are the temple? Are you living like God lives in you? Or are you living like everybody else? Do you live differently? The creator of the universe now has made his home in you. Does that change the way you act? Or are you kind of doing the same things? If so, um, will you let Jesus come and flip your tables? Will you let Jesus come in and take out the things that don't belong there anymore? Divided hearts lead to divided lives. I'm going to pray real quick. And then you can carry on with the rest of the day or what you were doing before you started listening. Uh, dear God, I thank you that you've created this space where I can I can kind of share these thoughts and, and these ideas with people. And I thank you that people are actually listening. It's crazy to me. Even if only one person listened, it would be nuts to me. I I don't I don't think I I'm a great teacher. I don't think I'm someone who's who's special. But the fact that, that so many people want to listen is is amazing. God, I pray you'd be with them. I pray you would help them to realize what relationships maybe do I need to let go of? Who should I call this week and hang out with? Who is someone that, that can help push me to be a better follower of you? God, I pray that you would help us to live like we are the temple. I pray that you would help us to glorify you in everything we do. God, I ask you would be with us today. You'd help us to have a good day and and that you would help us to, to continue down the path that you've set for us. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me this episode and listening to me ramble for a bit. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, I hope it pushed you. I hope it encouraged you. And I'll uh, I'll talk to you guys next week.